Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 71 for my Facebook virtual coaching group and um, I'd like to welcome some new members, Emily, Vanessa, Casey, Gabrielle, and Kaylee from Florida to the group. I hope you enjoy Team TLC and um, the uh, group. So if you're uh, new to the group, I'll go over some quick housekeeping before I get into the Q&A and topic for today. Um, at any point in time, you're interested in a certain topic, just go to the search box or magnifying glass at the top of the group and type in whatever you're concerned with. Mental game, first barrel, rate, anticipation. Type in that word and everything I've talked about for the last year and a half will pop up and you can just search that subject. Or you can go to the members only page and use the username and password that was provided when you signed up. And it's all organized by topic. There's a year's worth of challenges in there, a year's worth of Q&A all numerically. And um, everything's broke down into categories from groundwork to dry work to drills to how to pattern your horse, how to shave tents off, equipment, care, nutrition, um, you know, everything you could want to know, barrels and poles and horsemanship, it's all there. So enjoy that as well. There's over 150 training videos there. Um, so we also have a members only personal best list going right now for December and there's 10 names on it so far. So that's exciting. Um, so if you've had a personal best, any kind of win that you're proud of for the month of December, please tell me. And in the first week of January, I will do a drawing for prizes and whoever wins gets something special. And the reason I do that is so that everybody is inspired and motivated to work every week at to have some sort of win. Maybe your win is you got your colt to pick up their leads on a light cue. Maybe you went to your first exhibition. Maybe you entered your first barrel race. Maybe you moved up from the 2D to the 1D. Maybe you entered your first rodeo. Whatever it is, maybe you just ran a faster time in an arena that you maybe before ran a 17-0 and now you ran a 16-8 and you know it because you journal it and um, you're keeping track of your personal best because that's who you're competing against. Not me, not Marianne down the road. It's you and your horse just trying to be your own personal best. And, um, and that's important. So next year, I'm looking forward to 2022. I plan to do some more member highlights. So those are always fun. Um, we'll be doing that. Today's topic is going to be on the good, the bad, and the ugly. And um, as a coach, I'm going to go ahead and discuss all of that with you and give you a little secret on how you can also shave off time on the pattern to move up and shave off that maybe that last half second you're trying to shave. Um, we'll talk about that today. And then I have a few questions. Um, so one other thing I'm really excited about um, is in the last year and a half since we started in August of 2020, um, there's been 118 people join and 97 of you have stayed. And that makes me really happy because that means if you, I'm retaining 97 people out of 118, that the group has value, that you're finding it helpful and useful. And um, so please, if you have any suggestions or topics or questions, ask them because this group is for you. And I don't know... Um, 
what to talk about or what videos to make, training tips, etc. unless I know what's going on in the group. So there's no stupid questions. I won't put your name with it. I do all the questions anonymously. And I, if you want your video shared in the group, great. Everybody learns from watching everyone's videos. If you don't, that's perfectly okay too. So that's all I have to say on that. Um, so just when you send me your video in a private message, just say, don't share this one. And that's no problem. And then if you don't care, you don't have to say anything. And I usually will share them. I don't share everything just because it can overwhelm the group with posts every day. But um, like already right now, I just finished up um, doing the NFR slow play reviews for y'all. I still have two more to do, uh, Nellie and Shelly. But I've done all the other top 15 so you could see their horses and rider cues in slow motion. And we could talk about position and all of that. Um, and how they handled them in the alleyway. So I think that's been kind of fun. I also had a clinic on Sunday with 12 riders and that was super fun. So I'm finishing up those videos and we had everything from just getting started to pretty tough, you know, 2D, 3D horses. So I'm going to go ahead and um, work, finish up those videos. I'm probably only have four, maybe four left of those. And then I've got a few I'm doing for the group. Um, I know of about eight things, um, eight, eight people that competed in the last week and, um, wanted to give them shout outs. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Callie, Kaylee, Kaylee and, uh, Jesse, uh, ran their last MBHA Florida. They finished, uh, fifth place, or excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They got 3D fifth. It's been a long weekend. Pardon me with the clinic. My brain's on who's on first, who's on second. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, she got third, uh, fifth in the 3D in the youth, but we don't know how she finished for the year end yet. So her mom would get back to me on that. So congratulations. Um, Danielle sent me some videos of Martini and Jeezy at PacWest that I did, and she had some really nice runs. Um, let's see, Emily, I did some videos for you with JJ and Kat. Um, let's see here. Christina took Mega and King to the Jingle Bells and she's working on getting up off their heads, leaving the turns and riding to her spots for clean runs. So um, Jean Ann and Guy D are getting more consistent about clean runs and getting to their spots. So that was awesome. And you've been clocking 2D pretty consistently now. Um, and I know you've got that 1D, those 1D wins are coming. You've had them before, you'll get them again. So just keep focusing on, she said she's been doing a lot of her one-handed riding drills during the week to really focus on keeping her hands low and forward and riding more with her waist down her body and legs and her eyes to her quarter turns because her horse is very rollback and she has to keep him very fluid during the week um so that's awesome and uh let's see here lily and joker i did your rodeo run at river ranch review so okay so let's get into the questions um first question my horse turns on top of the barrel. It's a young horse just learning the pattern. Okay, first of all, baby horses walking or trotting the pattern should never make mistakes. If you're making mistakes on the pattern, it could be because you're a novice rider and they're a novice horse. And if that's the case, you need to get off the pattern and go back to basics and make sure you can walk and trot and lope perfect circles before you ever show your horse the barrel pattern. And you need to do it at all different sizes and speeds with no barrel or pole involved. Um, 
and not using your hands, but more your uh, 80, 18, 2% deal where 80% is body and eyes and uh, 18% is your legs, your calves and your feet and 2% is your hands. So if you don't have a solid foundation, what's going to happen when you take a young horse to the pattern, whether it be a barrel or a pole, they're going to get frustrated and just turn the barrel when their shoulder gets to the barrel. They're going to take the short short shortest route which is turning when their shoulder gets the barrel so if you're doing that um, what I would recommend is walking perfect five foot circles on the pattern so go around the barrel twice five foot circles without your hands doing much but barely guiding with your reins but mainly turning from your eyes your body and your legs and walk those perfect circles and then after a couple five foot circles you can finish like a true turn and leave the pattern tight so you have a good lineup for the next barrel and as you're walking to a three foot pocket, a couple strides out, you can sit down from sitting up and put weight in your outside stirrup and ask your horse to do a leg lateral from your inside hand and leg and move out to a five foot circle. So that way when they see a barrel, they don't think, oh, there's a barrel turn. They think, oh, I'm going to have to pick up my shoulder and I'm going to have to walk a circle around this barrel. So definitely do that because you don't want to start bad habits on young horses. And if you don't know what you're doing, and you're finding you're making more mistakes and your your practices are frustrating, um, that tells me your baby is not understanding their job and they're going to learn bad behavior because they're going to get frustrated because their teacher is not teaching them in a way that they can understand. So get lessons, take your horse for training, take lessons with your horses. It's really important, you guys. If you're learning, you should be getting weekly lessons. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a really frustrated horse and maybe bad habits or dangerous situations can come from it. Um, there's nothing wrong with getting English riding lessons if you're new to barrel racing. Ride without stirrups for your balance. Um, learn centered riding through English. Um, you know, it's important that you are a very good balanced rider before you go fast. And um, if you want a horse that's going to be consistent and happy, you need to be a good rider. And that's on you to get those get those lessons um, and get that knowledge. Okay, so the next thing is um, anticipating on the third day and hitting barrels. Okay, so if your horse is um, not anticipating as much your first and second run at a super show, but definitely the third day, um, if you can get in there for an exhibition, you can always do straight line to the fence. You could square your barrels, meaning instead of doing a circle around the barrel, you could go um, to spot one, straight to the fence, and then turn like a square to spot two and then like a square to spot three. So kind of keep them more um, like riding their hip to each quarter turn and keeping their face a little lateral bend, you know, but but mainly you're going to be riding a guiding hand and keeping that horse pretty square. So you need to take some anticipation out of those horses. Um, you need to focus on riding the fence line maybe. Maybe if it's, especially if it's a barrel on a fence, um, you need to have some weight in that outside stirrup. You need to focus on looking at the outside tracks, never the inside tracks. Um, anticipation is a serious thing. Um, you can also 
you know, I don't know if they allow it, but on the third day, if you're feeling that anticipation and you can get in there and circle the barrel twice and go wide around the barrels, that would be good. Um, but if you can't, then you've got to change your cues and competition. And those things would be to look and ride at the outside track, stay two hands straight or longer, um, look and ride deep, um, never, ever, ever look to the inside. Don't go to the horn early. Don't drop your shoulder or drop your hand. Um, and all those things, you know, weight in the inside stirrup, looking down the neck, any of those things will cause a horse to anticipate worse and worse. So um, it does, you know, some horses do get more rady. Can you imagine the NFR 10 go arounds? Um, super shows are generally two or three runs. So certainly you may have to be a little bit better about riding deeper. Um, and again, every horse is a little different. So I hope those tips help. Um, I do have videos on how to do the straighter longer. So take a look at those. Um, let's see here. I also have a comment. I found out from a few of you that you're only sending me your good runs and not your ugly runs. Um, I can't help you improve if I don't see your ugly runs. So please send me the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's how that topic came to be. Um, I don't have to share your ugly runs, but send them to me because that way you'll know what, what happened with you and your horse so that you won't repeat it and also how to fix it. So don't just send me your good stuff and, you know, uh, it's okay. We all make mistakes. I've got my full share of bloopers over the years too. You know, that's just barrel racing. Sometimes you don't, things don't come together like you want, but you have to have a game plan how to fix it. Okay. And then, um, Let's see here. The next question is about, let's see, loping the barrels. Let's see. First, that was pretty. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so they're teaching their horse to lope the barrels. And um, the first time they lope through, it's not pretty. And the second time, it's usually nice. And then the third time, it's really nice. Um, so guess what? That's really normal. Now, obviously, that's a problem when you go to compete, right? Because you only get one shot, but that's part of the training and the process. So almost every client's horse I ever patterned on the barrels, when I'd go through, I'd do a warm-up, make sure everything's working, you know, uh, uh, you know, do my transitions, my circles, my loose rein woes, my backing, my rollbacks, make sure I can move the shoulder, the hip, all that, get the face left, right down. Everything's working. Then I go to the barrel pattern after a good warm up, and I might walk at once, show them what I want as far as where to go and how to shape them and all that. And then I'll maybe trot a couple post trot sit jog. And once that feels good, I don't do things ever more than three. I'll quit on a good one. So if the first one's perfect, I'm going to quit and pet and, and move on to something else or be done, cool them out, go out on the pasture or trail. Um, but if the second one's good, I'll quit on that one. But I don't go over three. If I have three bad ones, then I just know that they're not ready for that speed and I need to slow things down on the pattern and then maybe go back to a drill like D pattern and get a more confident and more balanced loping two hand, maybe one hand from the big to the small circle and just get that collection and balance improved. But it is very normal. The first time you lope through on a colt that they're probably a little, 
lacking in their hoof placement, maybe in their balance, maybe in their leads. And so then the second time is usually the good one. And maybe the third one's even better. So you have to decide if the second one was pretty dang good, quit on it and pet them and then just walk the barrels and move on, be done with it. Um, but if you need to go three, that's okay. And it is very normal for them to get better each time. But again, don't go over three because they get tired, they get bored, they start making more mistakes. They also don't get a reward for trying. Um, and then again, Rome's not built in a day, it's brick by brick. So if it doesn't go great on Tuesday, you know, you've got Wednesday, Thursday, you've got other days to build off of it. So I hope that's helpful to know. And um, that is completely normal. So when you're doing that at home, that may happen at the practice arena too. Your first lope through might be sloppy. So you need to come back and do another lope through. But again, don't do more than three on those babies. Um, and of course, you know, when you are teaching in the barrel pattern, I keep my sessions to about 30 minutes, but I do like to do it three to four days a week because repetition in young horses is important. Um, so when I had training horses, I rode them five days a week and the client usually came for a lesson on one of those days and they usually had one or two days off um, every week. One day might be a trail ride and we might just do flex and fluidity out in the cow pasture. Um, but then there was other days we were doing drills and pattern because they learn from that consistency. If you only lope the pattern, you know, every once in a while, it's going to be hard to progress. And that, you know, with my hip as it is right now, that's what I do with Rocky. And he's only loped the barrels four times. And, you know, um, he's doing nice, but we haven't made a lot of progress. I need to start doing it more if my hip will hold up. So anyways, um, long story short, you get, you know, to the point where a young horse needs the repetition, they need the consistency. But they also need breaks too. They need a little bit of vacation time or a little bit of trail rides. Mix it up so they don't get bored or burn out either. But it's not like your open horse who you would mostly just do conditioning work and then maybe a drill once a week and then maybe just walk the pattern and trot the pattern once a week of that um, just for you two to be on the same page. But a young horse is learning. So it's just like school for a child. You know, Monday could be rough. By Tuesday, they're starting to get it together. By Wednesday and Thursday, they're awesome. And by Friday, they're ready for a break. So um, so keep, keep thinking of it in those terms that these are children, they're young horses. And if they're in elementary school, you don't want to put them in high school without preparing them. So go first grade, second grade, third grade, do it in increments that they can learn and handle it. So let's see. Next question, alley issues. Boy, this one comes up a lot. All right, first, let me say, do not band-aid it. Take the time it takes to fix it. So many people, there is a podcast about mental, I mean, excuse me, about alley issues in my podcast, and you can listen to that. But so many people try to band-aid it. They try to, you know, back them in or have other horses lead them in or get off and lead them in on foot and get on last second and go. And and um, there isn't any relationship or team building there. Um, so you have to look at why it's happening. Did it happen because the horse is in pain? Pain could come from ulcers in the stomach or bleeding lungs. It could come from a sore back or sore hocks, a bad fitting saddle. It could come from just joint pain, muscle pain. It can come from a lot of things, unbalanced hooves. Um, or it could be the rider is just getting really nervous and the horse is like, wait a minute, you don't act like this in practice or an exhibition. Why are you, why should I go in this arena if you're scared, you're nervous? Um, it could be the horse is just getting nervous. They know the difference between a practice and the real deal. 
Um, it could be you've gone too fast too soon before they're prepared. They don't know their job and you're adding all this speed and they're falling apart and it's upsetting them so they don't want to go in the alleyway. There could be a respect issue. Some of us women, we love on our babies so much, we kind of let them push us around a little bit. So make sure your horse respects you on the ground and in the saddle and gate them and let them know, hey, if I ask you to go in here on a drag and gate and relax, you need to do that for me. If your horse does have a respect issue, one rein stops and disengaging the hindquarters in three to five circles and then asking them to go forward again is a good way to address that and let them know quit, you know, when they're being disrespectful and the good boy or good girl when they're moving out forward. Um, the other reason could be if you're going too often and too much pressure and, um, and all of that, that can also uh, cause it. They might need a break, um, you know, go trail ride, take a vacation, slow work, haul just a gate. So sometimes you have to take a break from competition. I can't tell you how many clients paid me $900 a month just to take and haul their horses and gate them in slow exhibitions and, um, and just be a calm, confident leader for their horse. And then I had to teach the rider how to do it next. But some horses have it so ingrained in them, like they blew them up at super shows, that I could fix them at a jackpot, but then I'd go back to a super show and they're still rattled too. But the owner wants you to enter, so they're not ready to enter. They may even have to gate at super shows for a while and treat that just like you did the jackpot. And it's just a process. Um, you have to go off the horse's calendar, not the human calendar, and that's the problem. So many people have an agenda, and they forget that the horse is not like on the same page as you all the time and they don't know what your calendar is they just know their calendar so i hope that's helpful um if you have more questions on on if you figured out oh okay of those six seven things i mentioned definitely my horse falls under this category i can help you with how to address that just let me know um the next comment i have it's a question comment um problems on the pattern um uh, it, I feel like you owe it to your horse to be taught correctly. If you start them correctly, okay, if you start them with a solid foundation and slow and correct on the pattern, you won't have problems on the pattern. You won't have barrel hitting. You won't have rate issues. You won't have alley issues. You owe it to your horse to be taught correctly. And you need to take the time, get the lessons, get the training do whatever it takes to become a horseman. If you notice the best teams, watch them. At my clinics, you'll see it. The horses that have the best patterns have the best foundation. The horses that have the best patterns have the riders with the best riding communication. So if you have problems, you might want to look in the mirror and say, hey, do I need to work on me? Because oftentimes, nine times out of 10, it's you that needs the work. So I used to joke that uh, people shouldn't leave their horses in training. They should stay in the barn and be worked five days a week, not the horse, because sometimes it's the rider that needs more education than the horse. All right, the next question, um, why, why do I always recommend people ride one-handed drills and doing things one-handed? That's a really good question. I'm sure it's very confusing for people because a lot of people say, go to two hands, go to two hands. When you hear it at a rodeo or barrel race, get to two hands. And you know what? I 100% agree that if you're on a young horse, a green horse, um, or even, um, 
if a horse benefits from two hands. I personally like to compete two hands between the barrels on a free runner horse that needs help with rate or a young horse because two hands gives me just a little bit more making sure I've got them to their line before I go to the horn and go one-handed. But the reason why I tell you to practice one-handed because your open horses can oftentimes be ridden one-handed through the whole pattern because they're so broke to working off eyes and body and leg and they know their job. So staying one-handed, you stay out of their way and let them work. But the reason why I tell people to practice one-handed drills is because most people ride too much hands and they don't realize it until they don't realize how much they use their balance rein to control their horse, the outside rein to finish a circle like the D pattern or, or how much they depend on the, the reins to straighten their horse up, leaving a barrel, things like that. So um, by doing one-handed drills, big circles, small circles, the D pattern, um, all of that, it tattles on the rider and tells if you can ride with more body and leg and less rain. Um, and it teaches you how to communicate with your horse with more body and less rain. So that's why, and I think it's a great question, but I mean, I mostly rode my open horses one-handed from second to third, but you'll see riders who are on the horn, even at the NFR, you saw riders going to the horn three, four strides out before the barrel, riding one hand through the pattern and to first barrel, you know, from the alleyway. So, um, so there's nothing wrong with running one-handed on a, a horse that knows their job. But yes, two-handed definitely would help a horse that's uh, young, like a faturity colt or a novice horse. Um, it would also help in training. Um, but I do like one hands ar around the barrel because that's how you're going to compete. And, you, and that's why the one-handed drills, because it really does help you. So now for the topic, the good, the bad, and the ugly. How to shave time. Um, and also the secret of how to shave time for your rate spot. So on the good, um, when you're learning, um, learn from the good. Okay, learn from the good. What I mean by that is journal it. So if something's going really good, like how you're practicing during the week is paying off on the weekend, write it down. If something went really good in your warm up or an equipment change or a diet change or a mental game change or just where where you looked and rode or your cues on your pattern, write it down, journal about it. Um, if you can, find one thing out of every time you come out of the barrel run, we're so quick to pick on ourselves. You know, we, we finish our run and we're like, oh, sometimes we get so mad we forget to even pet our horse. But try to find one good thing about every single one of your runs. Even if you hit second, be like, first barrel was awesome. Third barrel is awesome. Whatever. Find something that you're really happy about. Um, and then you've picked that one thing that you can focus on to improve each run. So let's say you are at a three-day show and you ran a really nice run, but third barrel, you didn't keep your pocket just right. So make that your goal on the next one. And that's something I'd like you to think about too. If you sit there and think, oh my God, I need to do this, 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 and this, you're going to get out there and you're going to ride very mechanical, very tense. But if you just focus on one thing that you want to improve on, maybe it's um, uh, sitting in your turns or riding with your legs or whatever, but never more than two things. I mean, I often just thought about riding to my spots and maybe one other thing. 
if I rode to spot one and two, I knew everything was going to come together. So I always thought about riding to my spots. And if I was riding three different horses, I might remember, okay, this horse I need to talk to, this horse I need to ride deeper, this horse I need to sit earlier, whatever. Um, you know, the, you might just think about that, you know, if you need to use more leg or stay two hands longer, you know, something like that. But don't overthink it and just have a goal. If you're starting to feel bad about things aren't working out, then set a small goal for each barrel race to help you improve, you know, and just be like, okay, I'm going to have a pretty smooth pattern, just pretty turns today. Or my goal is to sit and use my legs in my turns today, whatever, just set a very light goal. That way you can always focus on one positive thing at all times. And remember to celebrate your wins. And remember your best runs, journal about them, and those are the ones you want to replay in your head, okay? Those are really, really important. So uh, so on the good, those are all the things that you want to do. Remember your best runs, journal about them, save those videos, um, and, and let those be your highlights that you run through your brain and, um, and try to mimic those each time. So now we're going to talk about the bad. Letting go is really important. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. So many people worry about what everyone else is thinking about them, but you know what? They're so busy worrying about their own stuff. They don't really have that much of a thought about you. And if they did, it's a short memory. Their lives are busy. They have their own thing. They're not going to remember it. So you need to have a short memory too. Don't dwell on a bad run. If you have a bad run, like I said, give yourself a few minutes to settle down, still pet your horse, find one good thing that did good went right and then later you can look at your videos and pictures and say okay you know I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to say okay I need to do this next time and journal about it and then let it go on I told this story several times about how my friend in Colorado wouldn't even haul with me because she said if I lost I was miserable to ride home with and you don't want to be that person right you don't want your best friends to not want to hang around with you because you're a bad sport after a bad run so remember to, uh, and that's just being competitive. You want to do well, but you know what? There's no sense in ruining the rest of the day because you had a crappy run. Just fix it next run, you know, and that's just the way it should be. So um, if you have a bad run, there's some things you can do. Number one, if it only happened once, maybe let it go. But if it happens twice, you could be developing a bad habit or maybe your horse is in pain. And if it happens three times, you have a problem. You need to fix it. So number one, rule out pain. Um, rule it out. Like I mentioned, same with the alleyway. It could be any a number of things, ulcers, bleeders, hoof, back you know, hawks, you name it. It could be a multiple of things. Number two, go back to my 12-week program for a foundation and see if there's any holes. You'd be surprised if you all of a sudden realize your horse's brakes aren't working or they won't flex nicely left and right or they won't move off your leg, something, you know. They won't do their transitions, um, their perfect circles or not circles any longer. Go back to my 12-week foundation program and see if there's any holes um, and then third, tune up, tune your horse up very slow on the barrels at a walk and a trot, um, maybe lope a drill that gets them more balanced because you'd be surprised even open barrel horses that get very forward and, um, hyper, 
would benefit from going back to the D pattern or single barrel and learn balance and control and rate and picking up the shoulder and using their hindquarters, not charging in and stalling out or any of that. So go back and do walking and trotting perfect, perfect, perfect barrels at, as far as position and shape and all of that goes. Timing and then lope a beautiful drill like the D pattern or the um, all lefts, all rights, um, single barrel, whatever, big circle, small circle, do something like that. And then fourth, if it's a big issue, haul and just gate, haul and just do a practice exhibition and go home, maybe just a walk or a trot or a slow lope, but don't compete and just haul there and gate and ride your horse and let them go home and say, okay, that was a positive. It was slow, but correct. And, and we're going to build off of that. So sometimes that's necessary. Now we're going to talk about the ugly, the ugly, sometimes a break is needed a break for them, a vacation, a, a break for you. Sometimes you need to just go get lessons or go to a clinic and figure out what the heck's going on. Virtual coaching, send it to me to review your video. Sometimes you just have to go back to slow work and not run for a long time until you fix it. And people don't want to hear that, but it is this, the case sometimes. So those are all things I want you to think about. And next, I'm going to share with you um, the In the Zone secret, okay? If you've been watching the NFR runs with me in slow motion in the group that I made for you, you will see the difference between a 1D and a 2D run by where they rate their horses. A lot of people on a young horse are going to get their two strides of rate before the barrel. And then they'll have their, at spot one, they'll start their turn as soon as their leg clears spot one and they'll have their two strides rate one where the tracks cross and one before the barrel and then they'll start their turn at spot one but if you want to shave off a half a second and you have a horse that's talented enough and I mean they have to be athletic and they have to be broke and they have to be ready you might not be able to do this on a colt you might not be able to do this on a free runner that doesn't have rate that you're not having to check them down. But a true 1D horse that wants to rate and wants to turn um, gets there by rating one stride from the barrel and their second stride or rate is at spot one when your leg gets the barrel, when they begin their turn. So they actually only need one rate before the barrel and then their second rate is as they start their turn. So you get rate and turn at the same spot. And that is extremely um, athletic and hard to do. Now, Kelly, Kelly Yates, I rode with her privately a couple times. And, and that was something that she showed me with Fiesta, Firewater Fiesta, and said she even begins all her training babies that way. Um, but I'm telling you, that takes a pretty talented rider and horse to be able to handle rate and turn at those positions that I'm kind of old school rodeo and I start my babies where they start their rate where the tracks cross and have two strides of rate before the barrel, then start their turn. And then as they show confidence, they can move it up and I don't blow up horses. I keep happy horses and I can always move it forward, um, up a stride. So again, do not do this if you are lacking in foundation. Do not do this if your horse has rate issues. Only do this on that horse that has the desire 
to rate and turn. And it can be a push horse. It can be a free runner horse, but they have to be a horse that wants to rate, knows how to rate, and has the athletic ability to rate and turn closer to the barrel. But imagine doing that, shaving a tenth or two off at each barrel. There is your 1D time from the 2D or possibly um, if you're in the 3D cracks into the 3D money, or if you're in the 3D into the 2D money. So those are things to consider and it has to be taught in your dry work and your slow work. But that's something I would like everybody to think about when you watch the videos that I do in slow motion in the group and um, realize that that can um, make a difference on the clock. And again, it has to be a horse that has that that ability to transition. They're very collected and they have that athletic ability. It has to be a super broke horse, a super athletic horse, but it absolutely can shave you one to two tenths, which would be a good half second, um, you know, one to two tenths per barrel. That's a good half second off the clock. So that's a little tip for you. It's also in my um, training notebook under the secret chapter. So, and the secret chapter also has some more detail in there about being super broke. The secret to winning is foundation. And a lot of people think about it more on the competition end of it, but it really comes down to foundation. That horse that's super light, super responsive is a horse that you want to be on that can win for you. The horses that I see that are inconsistent and that don't win are not broken the face. They don't move off leg. They don't have a lot of fancy buttons and are super light. Most of them don't know what vertical face flexing means. They can't break in the pole to save their life. You know, bigger bits and tie downs are not going to make you a horse that is um, fancy button broke and, and has control at all speeds and um, has a good mind. You know, heart and mind are so important in a barrel horse. If you have a horse that just doesn't have the desire to do it or a horse that's mind has been blown or fried or they're just too too hot for it. Um, some people can take a fractious horse and, and keep them calm. As I showed in some of these NFR runs where uh, they're hyper in the alleyway, but certain riders can do things like riding one hand or petting them or, or their body language, exhaling, all of that to help those horses stay calm and relaxed till it's time to run. Those are all valuable, important things that you learn as a horseman. And those are all things that can help you achieve greatness. So I want you just to think a little deeper on that stuff and apply it to you and see if it will help you. So I'm going to go ahead and close now. And I'd like to do a little Bible scripture because it is Christmas. Literally Christmas is what, four days away? Yep, Saturday. So I'm excited. My son will be with me for Christmas for four days. So I'm happy about that. And I hope that all of you have a very joyful time with family and friends and your animals and whatever you do, maybe you relax, maybe you have traditions, maybe you go barrel racing, maybe you go trail riding, who knows. But I want to remember that Jesus is the reason for this season. And in Matthew 1 to 1, it says, um, uh, she will birth a son and he will be named Jesus and he will save the people from their sins. In Isaiah seven fourteen, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we will call him Emmanuel. So Christmas is a time of, of great things. It's a time of hope and, um, 
and knowing that God knows we're sinners. So he gives us Jesus. This is Jesus' birthday. And, and he will live and he will die for our sins. And, um, and I just think it's a time that we need to be grateful and thankful and know how blessed we are. So um, I guess if I could wish you anything this Christmas is to wake up every morning counting your blessings. And if you have things that are hard for you right now, and we all do, I mean, life isn't always easy. It's actually pretty challenging at times. So if it helps you to pray on it and give it to God, and that gives you some peace, um, then, you know, that's what I... I do, so I don't know if that's helpful to anybody, but anyways, I just want to wish y'all a Merry Christmas and enjoy this week, and then next week, we'll be getting back to challenges for mindset and skill, and I'll be doing more video tips, um, and I think I already did a few on um, for the group, and um, I think a few of the tips I, I had you do... Um, the circle drill challenge. Um, I did some groundwork face flexing and disengaging the hindquarters. Those are some of the tips I put into the, um, the drill, uh, to the group last, last week. So take a look at those and I will put a few tips in two or three this week for you. And then we'll get back to business, um, for the new year. And, um, and I'll look forward to going into the new year with all of you. So as always, ride with heart. God bless you all and Merry, Merry Christmas.